0: If you spend an hour a day in deep study on your skill, you will be amazed at how quickly you are able to really learn. And then it's not like you have to be able to, you know, go out and be an expert on day one. You're probably going to start helping out some smaller clients, doing it at a lower rate because you don't have, you know, a lot of experience and building up that experience as you work.
1: And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Chris Harder Show, where we absolutely believe that both prosperity and generosity can and must exist. I'm so excited to bring you this episode. I'm sitting down with my good friend, Dorothy, who is such a a genius at two things. Number one, driving lots of traffic to your site. And number two, the gig economy, the freelance economy. As a matter of fact, she is the co-founder of the really popular daily newsletter called The Gig. You probably already get it in your email box. And if you don't, definitely go check it out. Now, here's why I'm really excited to sit down and talk with Dorothy. See, she's been a longtime member of our Elite Mastermind. And I have watched her build her traffic agency. Now, when I say traffic agency, what I mean is, She has a massive agency that drives lots and lots of traffic to people's businesses, whether it's through Facebook ads, Instagram ads, TikTok ads, et cetera. They're the best in the business. But today we're going to talk about what she's seeing on the gig economy side, especially with a challenging, uncertain economy coming. The entire theme of today's show is that have no fear. I promise you, that she's gonna give you the steps it takes to get into the gig economy if you have to, to get into the freelance economy as a freelancer if you have to, so that in case something happens in the uncertain economy, You don't have to worry about how you're going to make your mortgage payment. You don't have to worry about where your rent's going to come from. If something happens to one of the incomes in your household, we're going to teach you in this episode, literally how to replace it really, really, really quickly. That's why I'm excited. So you're about to get literally schooled, like class is in session. And this is a part of my commitment to being the brightest light, the greatest resource to be everything that you need as we enter into an uncertain economy. Now, I've gotten to know Dorothy through the Elite Mastermind. That's the the high-level mastermind for anyone who has a business that's earning more than $500,000 a year. She's been in it the last couple of years. And so I've gotten to see behind the scenes of the incredible agency she's built and all of the incredible gig economy workers, all the great freelancers that she has also helped to train and cultivate. I've watched people go from, no money, to several thousand dollars a month in a 60-day period because of the training that they do. So listen up, get ready, because this episode is insanely valuable. And by the way, if you want to apply for next year's Elite Mastermind, if you're going to make more than $500,000 next year, the sooner you get your application in, the closer to the front of the line you get. Now, every year, over half the group renews. And so that means every year, there's only a few spots left. We keep it small, we keep it intimate. So the closer you are to the front of the line when it comes to putting your application in, the better. So if you want to be a part of this special group where I hold hands with you for the entire year and 20 other talented entrepreneurs hold your hand for the entire year and we get your back and we make your business better than ever, if you want to be a part of that, all you have to do is go to chrisharder.me forward slash mastermind and fill out the application. When your application is filled out, you are in line and we'll jump on Zoom at the end of the year to see if you're a good fit. Again, don't wait because you want to be in the front of the line. Go to chrisharder.me forward slash mastermind that's chrisharder.me forward slash mastermind all right get ready listen up take some notes because we're going to make you literally bulletproof no matter what comes your way let's learn how to make some more income all right dorothy my friend how are you welcome to the show
0: thank you i'm so excited to be here i am great
1: You know what? I'm equally excited, especially because you are one of our elite mastermind members. I've gotten to know you over the past couple of years and I freaking love you and I freaking love what you do. And you are such a gift to the world, especially the world of freelancers and the gig economy, people that, you know, need to make some side hustle money or want to turn it into it. Like you are the person to turn to when it comes to that. And everybody heard in the intro, you know, the whiz that you are when it comes to ads and the whiz you are when it comes to the gig economy. But what I really wanted you to come on the show and talk about today is we're going to, by the time we're done, make sure everybody knows that they have options to bridge the gap if they're afraid of where their income's going to go, no matter what economy is coming up. But before we go there, I want to make sure that the audience understands that you've walked in their shoes before, right? If they're afraid of some type of slow in the economy coming up, you've walked in their shoes before in terms of facing some serious headwinds. And it wasn't that long ago. It was the turn of the new year this year. We had worked together for about a year up to that point and created this grand plan and you were going to make the biggest, scariest hires of your life. And like you were sleeves rolled up, ready to grow like no one's ever grown before in your agency. Mm -hmm. And you executed on the plan and it didn't work out as planned. Would you take us back to what you did the fears you had and where it ran into a couple of hiccups
0: absolutely well to sort of set the stage here I started freelancing in 2017. I had left a job working for this startup and wanted to do something on my own, but had no idea what that was gonna be or what it was gonna look like. And I was really kind of fumbling around trying to figure out what I could possibly do when I discovered, you know, the world of media buying, which you know really just means running ads, paid advertising online, right? And so that's its own entire uh podcast episode right there on how that happened. But you know, basically I freelanced in this area on my own for you know about two and a half years. And then I started to grow a team. And so fast forward to the end of last year, 2021, my right hand in my business, you know, at that point for you know about a year and a half, two years, is now my business partner in my new business, The Gig. And so we were, you know, really wanting to, you know, move with this business. And so he came to me at the end of last year, really having made the decision, you know, okay, I think it's time for me to step out of the agency so that I don't have this split focus. And, you know, you can do what you need to do, you know, in the agency and and I can really be moving forward with The Gig. And so, you know, that even though I knew that was the right decision, it was scary as, uh, you know, as anything I'd ever experienced because it was really difficult to imagine what the business looked like, what the agency looked like without him. Yeah. And so long story short, I actually had an interview scheduled that very same day that he you know, told me that you know, he felt this was the right decision. I had this interview scheduled with a guy who, you know, by all means seemed way overqualified for the role that I was hiring for, which was a senior media buyer at the time. He was more of a COO type of level experience. And in my mind, I was thinking, okay, well, if Jim, my business partner is leaving, then I need this guy desperately, even if he's only half of what, you know, he seems to be. So just before the interview, I get an email from him canceling. I'm like, Oh no, this is not good. Right. So I email him back. I'm like, Hey, you know, John, I'm highly motivated to bring on someone with your qualifications. Can we still have a conversation? So we get on the phone, we talk for two hours. It goes amazing. It's a perfect fit. And at the end of it, you know, he basically says, you know, look, I like you. I like the company. I like the opportunity. It's really just if, we can come to a number that works because the reason he canceled the interview was because he had these offers on the table from much bigger companies. You know, they're offering him salaries that, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to match right then. And so we hung up the phone. This was on a Friday, scheduled a meeting for a Sunday to two days later. For me to basically give him my best offer, right? So on Saturday, I'm like, all right, how in the world am I going to get this guy to say yes to me? And all of a sudden, the answer just hit me like a sack of bricks. And I just thought, I've got to go there. So I go home. I book a 6 a.m. flight to Washington, D.C., where he lives for the next morning. I send him an email. I'm like, John, I just booked a flight so we can have this call in person. You will let me know. And even
1: ask him, by the way, just said, I'm going there and I booked the flight. I want everyone to understand the conviction here. He had bigger offers from bigger companies. He said, you know, and he tried to cancel your interview once. You said, nope, we're having it anyways. You knew you had to win him over. And without his permission, you booked a damn plane ticket and said, I'm coming to see you to win you over. like. This alone, we could just end the podcast here, and people could start mimicking your behavior and be way more successful, night. So, sorry, keep going.
0: I appreciate it. So, I get to DC. He picks me up from the airport. We go to breakfast. I, you know, essentially pitch the hell out of him, and and he says yes very quickly. And he actually told me, you know, a little while later that when he found out that I was coming there to talk to him in person he knew that he was going to accept just about any offer that I put in front of him. So, you know, without that move, it wouldn't have happened. And so I hired him, you know, biggest salary I've ever, you know, brought in hired another one that person, scared you one that scared me for sure. Hired someone else also at, you know, a you know, six figure salary. And all of this was thinking that my business partner in the gig was going to be out the door. Right. So we're going into January, you know, payroll has doubled, but I'm not worried about it because I knew, you know, I was very confident in my ability to go out and, and bring in new clients. And so, you know, we go into January, I'm super excited. And then all of a sudden, my COO, who I've just hired, he just has this series of really difficult, tragic events in his life, you know, a death in the family. And then, you know, as soon as he was you know, kind of back after, after that really sudden, tragic experience, someone ran a red light, T-boned his car, and he got a concussion, So now all of a sudden he's on, you know, doctor ordered limited screen time. And then he gets COVID after this, like six weeks of a concussion. And so we were in the situation. Poor guy, but also
1: poor you, because you just committed to these two salaries that doubled your payroll.
0: It was the most challenging time I've ever gone through as a business owner, hands down, because I was just trying to clear all the space that I could for him so that, you know, I didn't want him to feel any of the stress. I just want him to be able to focus on his family, focus on his health and just, you know, take care of himself. And so I was, you know, really, really holding it in, I think. And the support from my friends in the mastermind, your support, you know, was really what got me through that time where we were just trying to keep our head above water. You know, I couldn't go out and get new clients. I was just trying to keep all the balls in the air. Right. So basically from January, you know, until the end of March, I was in this place that was, you know, without a doubt, the hardest time I've ever gone through this combination. Oh, I didn't even mention the kicker. Jim decided to stay. So Jim was staying for, you know, about another year. And so, so yeah, it was challenging, but we got through it and since then what we've been able to do just in the last couple of months since you know my coo has you know was you know, came in at full speed he doubled the size of about half of our current clients through his expertise and what he did you know inside of their ad accounts and all in all we've doubled revenue between where we were in january to where we sit now you know heading wow. into july so after That's a tough season. Is a I story. mean, other
1: people would have cut bait and run. They would have let the guy go that they just fought so hard to get. They would have been scared to even take on those salaries to begin with. Again, we can end the podcast here. And if people mimicked your behavior, they would be massively successful because the punchline was they have doubled their revenue when everyone else would have folded up shop. But I got to ask you, how were you feeling in the absolute depths of all of that? I mean, those are some serious headwinds. Double the payroll, and then the guy can't even show up and work for a couple of months. And your idea was that you were going to go out and get the new business to support the new payroll. So you couldn't even get any new business. How were you feeling?
0: I'll admit to you, Chris, it was a dark time because, you know, in my mind, I just kept saying to myself, you know, hey, I just got to get through the next two weeks. I just got to get through the next, you know, week. And then it was just, you know, things kept happening. And so, I really had to lean into what I'd preached in all the other years that I'd had the business of really working as hard on my mindset as I was working on the business. You know, listening to inspiring podcasts, you know really like doing everything I could, meditating journaling, like really being intense about the things that I was doing just to try to keep my head straight so that I wouldn't completely fall apart. And it would be a lie to say that it was easier that I you know did a perfect job of that. But I got through it. And what's so cool now, looking back on the experience, is I am so much stronger as an entrepreneur and as a business owner than I was even just six months ago because of going through this experience.
1: I love that. You know, it goes, to say, it goes without saying that I'm, I'm so proud of you. I got to, to live through it with you. And you, the warrior side of you, really showed up and showed up big when the chips were down. Right. And you showed what you were made of as an entrepreneur and as a business leader. And I'm just, it's so remarkable to see that the outcome turned out in your favor with double the revenue. And, and you know, that rocket ship is is uncontrollable now. It's straight up. And I, I couldn't be more excited. Now, here's why I wanted you to share a story to start. That was an example of headwinds, things that were out of your control, but you still turned it into a win, anyways, even when you couldn't quite see where the win was going to come from. And we've been talking so much on the show about people's fears around the upcoming recession, a slowdown in business, a slowdown in the economy, and that's no different than just a different set of headwinds the way that you faced headwinds, and the way you came out on top, everybody else through their actions, through controlling what they can control, because that's what you did, everybody else can come out on top and even better, not the same. Even better, just like you did, regardless of what's in front of us. And you are an expert now in the gig economy, in the freelance economy. And something exists today as we face this you know, possible recession that did not exist in 08 and '09 when we had the last great recession. The one that, that has scarred everyone. What is that thing that exists today that people couldn't turn to back then?
0: It's your cell phone.
1: It's your cell phone. You can make freaking money from your cell phone. You can Uber Eats. You can drive Uber. You can do whatever you need to do to make money. But in your case, you can turn to the freelance economy, to the gig economy, and make money from home, from your laptop, from your cell phone. And people did not have that option back then the way they did now. So here's what's going to happen. Back then, everyone lost their homes because they couldn't replace the income they lost quickly. They lost their cars. They lost whatever. And they felt the pain of all pain. Now, yeah, it's a headwind, but there's a lot of things. That's what we're going to talk about today. There's a lot of things you can do to bridge the income gap so that you don't have to feel the pain regardless of what's coming. You signed up for talking about that?
0: Absolutely. You know, I think freelancing, it's really uniquely positioned. To be a life raft for people in uncertain times. And I think you you hit the nail on the head. Like in my opinion, it really is the intersection of two things that we're seeing right now. So the first is like you, you know, illustrated, freelancing and, and remote work in general has really gone from the fringe to the mainstream in the last two years. So, you know, it's interesting if you look at just the stats, over two-thirds of small businesses in the states have reported hiring freelancers in the last two years. Wow. And there's even studies that predict that up to 50% of the American workforce will be made up of freelancers in the next 10 years. Wow. So the opportunity is massive. And then, you know, I think the other side of this is, right, why is freelancing so ideally positioned in an uncertain economy? And this really comes back to a lot of what you've been talking about on your podcast recently, busting these you know recession myths, right? So one of the ones that I've heard you and Lori talk about is that recessions do not tend to impact all sectors equally. Typically in a, you know, in a correction, in a down economy, there's certain sectors of the marketplace that are very significantly impacted. And then there's other industries or sectors that, you know, might not be impacted at all or might be doing even better, right? And so if you think about, you know, different types of businesses that you could have, you know, if you are in a business that is, you know, very kind of defined in terms of what you're doing and who you're doing it for, you know, say that you are a mortgage broker and all of a sudden we're in a recession where no one's buying houses. Yeah. Trying to pivot is going to feel a lot like trying to turn around a cargo ship. It's going to be slow. It's going to be difficult. It's possible, but it's, it's going to be something that is, is hard, right? You know, very, very hard. When you compare something like that to freelancing, What I really want everyone to understand and really grasp how powerful this is is that when you're a freelancer leveraging these high income skills, you do not need to change what you do. You only need to change who you do it for. Give me an example. I'll give, yeah, I have an example from my own experience. So when COVID hit, two of our largest clients. Really had you know events as kind of a central element of their business. I was actually in Los Angeles to speak at one of our clients' events when everything shut down, you know, that third week of March, the event got canceled. I just you know flew, flew home. And all of a sudden those two clients were like, we gotta we gotta shut down our ads. So of course, i we paused everything, and what that meant for us was that I lost forty percent of our revenue overnight between those two clients. However, because of the fact that you know my business is leveraging this high income skill of advertising of media buying within i think it was probably about 4 to 6 weeks not only was i able to make up that revenue that we lost overnight but i was able to bring in new clients that you know were really well positioned you know in a covid situation a lot of what we advertise is for online courses you know people are stuck at home they've got more time for that type of thing e-commerce blew up so because of, you know, where we were positioned, you know, in the market with these skills, we were able to bring in new clients very very quickly that, you know, weren't being impacted by what was going on in that same way.
1: So I really want to drive this point home because this is where a lot of people will have the aha moment. You said it best when you said you don't have to change what you're doing. You just have to change who you're doing it for regardless of your skills. And what people don't realize is that in every transitioning economy, the amount of opportunity actually doesn't go away. It just changes shape and form. So there's an equal amount of opportunity in a recession that there is outside of a recession, but you have to go and find it. You have to change who you're doing it for. And if that's your mentality, then you can continue to win and thrive. Exactly. Now, and by the way, When I say that you walk the talk and you see this on a daily basis, it's not just because of the traffic agency that you've built so well. More importantly, it's because you're one of the founders, you and your business partner, Jim, of the gig, the daily newsletter that goes out literally for the gig economy. It's probably the most popular daily newsletter for gig economy workers, for freelance workers. By the way, shameless plug, where can people sign up for it? Thank you so much. The gig.io. The gig.io, guys, I get it every morning. That one and the hustle are my two favorite. And I read them while I have coffee. It takes about five minutes to read the gig. And it always gets me excited about business because it's showing where the opportunity's going, right? It says, hey, this might be down over here, but did you know that this sector over here is exploding? And so it shows every gig economy worker, it shows every freelance worker it almost points them where the opportunities are because you're reporting on the daily trends. Well,
0: and really what we're focused on is not just showing people where the opportunities are, but really walking people through, okay, how do you first acquire a high income skill? And then how do you profit from it? You know, how do you get clients? How do you work with clients better? How do you price yourself? What do you do when you have a client who doesn't respect your boundaries or is treating you poorly? And then also... Very practical tips on getting better at those skills. So, you know, what if give we you did kind that on the show,
1: would you be willing to like walk us through? Okay, you win, Dorothy. I'm willing to shift who I do my skills for. I'm willing to be a freelance worker. Mm-hmm. Would you talk us through how to get up and running, start to finish?
0: 100. percent. So okay, let's do this. There's really kind of there's four parts to really making this work. And when I first started uh, in 2017, I had never touched. A Facebook ad. I was brand new to this, so I am speaking from the perspective of someone who, you know, if you're in the you know those shoes where it's like you're worried about you know the upcoming changes in the economy, and you've been listening to Chris, you know, you want to create an extra five hundred, dollars thousand dollars a month. This is literally the exact roadmap for how to do it. So first is you have to pick a high income skill, right? So I think it's important to talk about you know, what is the criteria that makes something a high income potential skill. The first one is that it gives you leverage to earn more. So what I mean by that in the most simple sense is it's something where you can charge a flat fee or a fixed rate versus hourly. So for example, I actually was just speaking to a a media buyer who was getting started and was asking me for some advice. And he started off charging $50 per hour to his media buying clients. Now, the trouble with that is that if you get paid $50 an hour, it's going to take you 100 hours to earn $5,000. However, if you charge $5,000 for an entire project or for one month working with a client media buying, and you get that done in 35 hours, well, your effective hourly rate has just shot up from $50 an hour to $142 per hour. So that leverage is
1: game-changing, by the way. So we always talk about earnings and how to pay yourself and all that. But this simple shift from charging hourly to charging by the job is massive advice. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, absolutely. So criteria number two, at least for us, is that it can be done from anywhere. Now that might not be a criteria that's important to you, but I think for most people who are interested in freelancing, you know, the ability to do it from your laptop, you know, anywhere where you have a Wi-Fi connection is, you know, a really important thing. So that's number two. And then number three, this is the one that is really critical to grasp, and that is proximity to the sale. Now, what do I mean by that? There are certain skills where it's easier than others to actually trace sales, revenue, profits for your clients directly back to your work. So, for example, subscribers read an ad that you wrote, click that and purchase, or sales come from a landing page that you designed or you built. Or prospects actually speak to you on the phone before signing up, right? The closer proximity that you have to the sale, the more money that you're going to be able to command for those services.
1: Okay, that makes perfect sense. Could you give us a few more examples of what freelance opportunities are out there? Because you've mentioned ad buying, you've mentioned a couple other things, but if people are like, Yeah, I don't know how to do that. Could you give us like some memory joggers so they can understand other examples?
0: Yeah so there's a few kind of core ones that we focus on that we believe are kind of the biggest opportunity in freelancing online and actually when you opt in for the gig you'll actually get our uh, we have a you know free gift that's really goes into detail on these five skills and how to figure out which ones best for you but what they are are copywriting which is you know essentially writing words that sell so it could be writing ads it could be writing landing pages emails et cetera. then the second one would be paid ads So this is also referred to if you're media buying, that's running paid ads on Facebook, on TikTok, on YouTube. Essentially, you are, you are literally buying the media for your clients. Then we've got graphic design. So if you're artistic, you know, if you are, you know, someone who, you know, loves creating, using visual elements to communicate ideas, graphic design is a big one. And then uh, funnel building. So. If you listen to you know the show, you probably you know know what a funnel is. You know, essentially, it's that that process, that series of pages that someone goes through from the time they click on an ad to becoming a customer. You can be the person who's actually building those pages, and then the last one is high ticket sales. So, for a lot of companies that are selling products, you know, above say two to three thousand dollars, typically they're not selling to those people directly on the webinar or on, you know, a sales page. They're usually driving people to a phone call with a sales rep. So those companies need what are called high ticket closers to actually make that sale. And it's actually a perfect example. When we talk about proximity to the sale, there is no one who has more proximity to the the sale than the person who's actually on the phone closing that prospect. And so that's why, you you can often command, you know, 25% or more, you know, higher commission rates for that purchase.
1: That's fabulous. So when you say proximity to sale, you're really saying be as close to being the person who controls the yes or no with from the customer as possible. Is that right?
0: Exactly. And you know, you're doing that with ads. You're doing that, like as copywriters, for example, are some of the highest paid freelancers out there because it's words that sell at the end of the day. So, you know, all of these skills that I mentioned that we detail in that, that bonus that, you know, people get when they sign up are really kind of the the best ones to focus on. If you're totally new to this and looking for something where you're going to be able to, you know, get clients very easily.
1: All right. So listen, someone's listening right now. They're like, Dorothy, I'm on board, but you said copywriting or learning how to do paid ads or learning how to do sales or other people have high ticket things to sell or funnel building or graphic design. I don't have any experience in those things. How did they learn that?
0: So there are lots of different routes that you can go. There's horses out there. There's what I did when I first started was I was really looking to, you know, kind of get there as quickly as possible. So I hired a a mentor, I hired a coach, even though I'll mention at the time, I was dead broke. I literally was renting my apartment out on Airbnb and sleeping on, you know, friends' couches to pay the rent so that I could do this. But I, you know, really had my back against the wall and I wanted to do it fast. So, so I hired a coach, you know, if you, for example, you know, say you want to be a copywriter, there are programs out there that are very reasonably cost, for example, copy hours, one of my favorites, mm-hmm. where literally you spend an hour every day handwriting a proven sales letter or, you know, advertisement or video script. And if you spend an hour a day in deep study on your skill, you will be amazed at how quickly you are able to really learn. And then it's not like you have to be able to, you know, go out and be an expert on day one you're probably going to start helping out some smaller clients, doing it at a lower rate because you don't have you know, a lot of experience and building up that experience as you work. So, you know, I hired a coach so that he could really hold my hand as I was learning how to get results for clients. But there's so many different ways that you can do it. It's really about creating structure for daily study and practice.
1: So if someone's like, hey, I think the challenging economy is going to show up in a few months. Could they learn this in 60 days enough to, to make some good money?
0: I went to a three-day workshop on Facebook advertising. This was when I was, I was four months into trying to figure out what I was going to do on my own. I was very quickly running out of ideas and you know, about to kind of say, all right, well, I got to go get a job. And my old boss uh, gave me this ticket to this Facebook ads workshop that he couldn't go to. So he asked if I wanted this ticket. I go to this event. That was the coach that I ended up hiring. And it's actually kind of a funny story I'll tell very quickly. On the last day after he pitched this, you know, it was like a $30,000 coaching program, right? And remember, I'm broke. I'm living off my credit Mm -hmm. cards. He gave out his phone number so people could call him up if they had any questions on the program. So I called him up that night and I was kind of trying to skirt around the question, like not directly ask, but ask, you know, how quickly do you think that I could make this work, right? And he could totally, he saw right through me. And he very succinctly said, he's like, if you don't have the money for the program, I do not recommend that you join. Oh, wow. I was like, completely understand. Thank you so much. I hang up the phone. <laughs> I call my old boss. And I go, I'm doing it. I'm in.
1: Oh my God. And,
0: and I just took a leap of faith. And so for me, I had my first client within three weeks, and That's I'm going to talk about exactly how to get clients. We can absolutely cover that, especially when you're new. There are ways to do it much easier than probably what you're imagining. So within three weeks, I had my first client, and really, it was probably month three, maybe month four, that I got up to 10000 a month in, in revenue freelancing.
1: That's incredible. Okay, so give us a couple more examples, if you got it, on how somebody could get up to speed real quick.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think the best thing to do is to do your research and find who are the top people in this world. You know, who are the top copywriters, the best media buyers, graphic designers, like who are the people who are really out there who have respect in the industry and then follow them, follow their content buy their courses. You know, you really have to immerse yourself in this. Now, of course, with the gig, you know, we, we give like really practical tips on how to increase your skills, sharing tools, you know, uh, programs, you know, things like that. But it's really about figuring out, all right, who are the couple of people that you're going to follow? And then I recommend, you know, you don't want to go learn from 50 different people at one time. I think what made me, you know, able to be successful so quickly is I, was really just focusing on this one person and learning their way of doing things and, you know, really just being laser focused on that. I think if I would tried to get five different courses at one time or try to learn from 10 different people, you know, simultaneously, it would have created too much noise and confusion. So do your research, figure out, you know, who you want to learn from and dive in.
1: Okay, by the way, I really appreciate you kind of letting me walk you step-by-step you're doing a tremendous job. I feel like this whole, this whole episode could be like a course on how to start being a freelancer, but that's what I want. I want people to not be scared. I want them to know how to freaking pivot and I want them to know how to make some money. So it leads us to the obvious question. You're like, yay, I can learn this in 30 to 60 days. Yay, I can pick a skill. But how the hell do I get clients? Like I, I'm not even in this business yet. I'm. What if I want to become a copywriter? Where am I supposed to get clients from if I've been a mortgage broker?
0: Yeah. Now this is the scariest part, right? You know, where where do you actually find people who are going to pay you to do this, especially when you're new? Cuz it's not like you want to like I do not recommend going out there and pretending to have all this experience that you don't have. You know, what you want to do is to really put yourself in the position to be able to get that experience working on real projects, you know, in people's businesses, and there's a couple of different ways to do that. So when we look at how to get clients as a broad topic, there's essentially two primary routes. The first is cold outreach. So this is posting on social media, cold emailing people, uh, sending people, you know, messages on LinkedIn. And it's really the equivalent of going fishing in the Atlantic Ocean, right? You're you're kind of saying to the world, hey, this is what I do and um, who needs this, right? So that's option one. Option two is really a game changer for anyone who is new to this and needs to get going quickly. And that is leveraging the platforms, leveraging freelance platforms like Upwork, like Fiverr, like FreeUp. And the reason why is because it's all about making that pool smaller. So instead of fishing in the Atlantic Ocean, you know, trying to find anyone or everyone who needs what you do on these freelancing platforms, you are only looking at people who are actively raising their hand and saying, I need someone to help me with this and I'm looking to hire for it right now. And so you are really minimizing friction and ensuring that you're only speaking to people who need to hire and are willing to pay.
1: Are there enough people on those platforms that go around for everyone? Like the obvious question kind of becomes, well, all the experienced people on those platforms are going to get the customers.
0: So what's really cool about this is how much this has exploded. Like if we look at Upwork, Upwork is without a doubt my favorite platform to do this okay. on. I personally have generated over a million dollars from clients that I found on Upwork. Gee. So there's this myth, I think that it's only low quality clients. And I'll address your question, but I think it's important too to understand that so many people have these limiting beliefs that there's only, you know, crappy, low paying, you know, pain in that clients oh. on these types of platforms. That could not be further from the truth the people who are on those platforms, those businesses, and to give you a sense of the scale to answer your question, Upwork alone has more than 5 million client accounts and over 100,000 open job postings every single
1: day. Oh my God.
0: And so what's really cool about this is that the people who are on Upwork are people who either one, don't have someone to give them a referral. They didn't have someone who they could ask, you know, Hey, who do you know who does this? Or two, There's a lot of people out there who have been burned, been burned by big agencies, been burned by, you know, companies making promises that they didn't deliver on. And they're saying, you know, screw this. I don't want an agency. I want an individual. You know, I want a freelancer. I want an individual person who can come in and help me in my business. And so those are the people on Upwork. And like, to give you an example, just last week, I had a conversation with someone who I met on Upwork who is spending $16,000 a day on their paid traffic. You know, almost half a million dollars a month. That's a killer client. These people are on Upwork.
1: That's crazy. Okay, good. So you go on Upwork, you get some clients. How do you really turn it into an income producing machine?
0: Well, so I think the key is how do you get those clients on Upwork? Because, yeah. Like you said, you know, even though there are, like I said, 100,000 postings a day, you're still competing with a lot of other freelancers out there who are doing the same thing. And this really comes to understanding how companies, you know, really the great clients, how they use these platforms. And so once you understand like the way, you know, what's going through their mind when they're looking for people, you can start to position yourself, even when you're brand new, To put the pieces in place to be able to be attractive to them. And so this is actually something, you know, I'd like to do something, Chris, if you don't mind. So I actually have a video training that I recorded that details my exact process for how to set up your profile, how to actually get accepted to Upwork, first of all how to set up your profile, what to say, you know, really what's what are the important pieces that you need to have and where, and then my exact daily process that I go through anytime that I'm looking for a client. And this is the same process that I used five years ago when I got started with a brand new profile. So I have this video training and we actually sell it on our website for $47. But because it's truly such an honor to be here and get to share this with your audience, I would love to give it to them for free. be all right?
1: like no strings attached.
0: Yeah. So we actually have this kind of backdoor page that we created for friends and family and, you know, friends from, you know, the elite level mastermind for them to, you know, get opt-in for the gig and actually get this Upwork training for free. And uh, I'd be thrilled to share the link uh, for you. Number one, you are the
1: greatest freaking person on the planet. Once again, this is why I love you. Number two, yes. On behalf of everyone listening, I'll accept the gift. How do they get it?
0: Okay, so go to thegig.io slash VIP.
1: Thegig.io slash VIP. That's the secret friends and family portal.
0: Exactly. And the only two things that I ask is, one, if you do go there, if you do opt in and get it, please use it. You know, please go through it and shoot me an email, reply to any edition of the gig and let me know what you thought of it. I would love to hear your feedback. And then number two is, Please don't you know spread this link around on social media or you know share it with a yeah, bunch of people. This is how you guys yeah. make
1: money is by selling you know the these type of programs. Okay, you're the you're so freaking generous. Thank you. I want everyone to literally hit pause. Dorothy's gonna tell you in one minute where to go get this thing for free. The friends and family backdoor portal. So get ready, hit pause and go where, Dorothy.
0: Thegig.io slash VIP.
1: Thegig.io slash VIP. Hit pause, go to the gig. Dot io slash vip and then come right back to this episode because clearly Dorothy is schooling our asses on how to make money in the gig economy. Okay, this is awesome. By the way, by the end of this episode, no one's going to have an excuse to suffer in the recession. No one's going to have an excuse to not be able to pay their mortgage. No one's going to have an excuse for anything. Like you've taken us through. Here's where you learn it. Here's where you get a customer. Here's how you get accepted. Here's my free freaking training, etc., etc., etc. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I get excited.
0: I know I appreciate it. You know, I think what's what you need to understand, you know, if you're sitting there and you're like, all right, I'm brand new, I'm doing this for the first time, I've never worked with clients before. The bar, when you compare yourself to all the other freelancers out there, the bar is so low. If you are literally just responsive and don't miss deadlines, you are already above 80% of freelancers out there because you would not believe how many people are. Are doing this poorly, and so even if you're brand new, there's very simple things that you can do that are going to set you apart immediately. And my rate on Upwork, and I go into this in detail how to do this, and in that video training that you can go grab, you know. But your rate on Upwork is going to be lower at first, and then every client you work with, you raise your rate, you get a review, you keep building. And so what I think is cool, and actually you'll see on this page, you'll see a message. We have a a screenshot of this message that I got from someone who went through it, who said that he said he already, so this was uh, actually raised to you. He said earlier this month, I watched your video covering your client getting Upwork strategy and started implementing this week. already booked two intro calls from 15 proposals on my brand new profile. One wasn't a good fit, but the other turned into an audit and I'm confident she'll become a client. So
1: it's really normally sell that you just gave away for free.
0: Exactly. On the VIP page.
1: Uh, Like if people believe in signs once again, Motherfreaking free hit pause and go where
0: the gig.io slash VIP,
1: the gig.io slash VIP, guys. Like, seriously, okay, Ms. Generosity, keep going. Sorry,
0: yeah. So, the mindset that you want to have when you are getting started with this is you want to prioritize results, testimonials, case studies over short term earnings, and so you know, that's why it's especially important to kind of, you know, do this now before, you know, things really hit the fan. Like you want to really give yourself the time to put these building blocks in place and it can go very quickly. Like I said, you know, I was, I was up to 10,000 a month in recurring revenue at month four. So this is absolutely doable, but in the beginning, you know, if you have no results, if you've never done this before, don't be afraid to work for free or for very little at first, you know, for the first couple of clients. Like, don't do that for very long. I think the yep. biggest thing I see is people do that for way too long. You're far more likely to underprice yourself than you are to overprice yourself. So always and remember ask, should that. Should they
1: be honest? Should they be like, listen, I'm pretty new. I'm trying to build my portfolio. I would love to do this one for free because I think it's a cool project to have my portfolio. Like, how do they breach that?
0: So what's cool about Upwork is when a client posts a job, they actually select, do they want lowest experience, lowest cost? Do they want kind of intermediate or are they looking for an expert? So you can literally filter your, I'm going to show you in that training, how to, you know, set up your safe searches that you'll go through every day for these jobs. You can really set your filter to the people who are specifically looking for someone who might have less experience, but you know, is going to have a more reasonable rate.
1: Oh my God. That's cool. That's freaking cool. Okay. Yeah. So keep going. Sorry.
0: Yeah. So once you get those first couple of people to really take a chance on you and give you an opportunity, put everything you have into getting that person results. There has to be quality in everything you do. You have to be dedicated to really doing the work well. And when you do that, you're going to have successful projects. And then the first thing that you want to do is get testimonials, get a video testimonial. If you ask a, a client that you just finished a successful project for to do a, you know, two minute, 90 second video testimonial, boom, now you can take the transcript from that. Now you've got written and video, right? And I always make a personal appeal. So when I was asking for testimonials, when I first got started, you know, I was working with people on Upwork, we would finish the project. And I would say that, them, um, Hey, Chris, I'm new to this, you know, I don't have a big track record on upwork. It would really mean a lot to me if you would go leave a review and you know share your experience working with me. Don't send it an email. Don't, you know, just mention it offhand. Really ask, like make that personal appeal because, you know, that law of reciprocity, you just knocked it out of the park for them. They are going to be more than happy to go, go do that for you.
1: That is freaking incredible. So as we start to put a bow on this a little bit. Yeah. I think it's clear to, that you can start from scratch even if you don't have experience. I think it's clear that the income opportunity of of being a freelance, you know, whether it's copywriter, ads buyer, graphic designer, any of those things, it is a very viable way for people to bridge the gap no matter what's coming up. But how many people really turn this into a business where they've got inbound clients where They've got consistency, or is it kind of feast or famine? I got a job and now I don't get one forever.
0: I think what's really cool about mastering one of these high income skills is that you really don't have to approach this with an attitude of competition because there is more than enough business to go around with these skills. You know, you are sitting here at the precipice of this explosion of freelancing as a way to make money and as a way to, you know, build a business. And so, who knows what this is going to look like 10 years from now, but yeah. if you're sitting here today in 2022 listening to this, the opportunity to acquire one of these skills and leverage it regardless of what's happening in the economy is absolutely massive because businesses are starving to find people to help them with these things. Speaking from experience, even when I was just getting started, when I was brand new at this, when I was replying to, you know, postings on Upwork every day, even I from the first couple of months ended up with more businesses that were interested than I could even take on. So you know you'll start to develop relationships. Like I really recommend developing relationships with other people who are doing the same type of work that you're doing or complimentary work. If you're a copywriter, go make friends with someone who runs ads so that you can start to share business with each other.
1: And like, there's going to be this giant up and coming class, so to speak, of people getting into this, go lock arms with them and refer business back and forth. Hey, you want me to write copy for this? We need some graphic work done as well. My girl Dorothy does that. Would you like an introduction? Like develop that type of network and business will start coming to you.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I said, I started doing this completely on my own for several years, then started growing a team. Now we have the agency. And in the five years that I've been doing this, I'm telling you, Chris, so we run ads for a living. That is what we do. I have never spent a single dollar advertising my own business.
1: That's
0: 100% of my clients have come from either referrals or Upwork.
1: So it's just about really getting over the hump of getting started. Okay. So Here's what I really want to ask as we start to bring this to a close. You just gave the high-level overview of the no excuses. You can totally become a freelance worker, and here's where the work is. And I've got to believe that people at the core, they want to believe that this will work for them so that they don't have to be afraid. Or they want to believe that this could be a viable side hustle. But I know that a lot of listeners... They believe it can be, but they think it can be for everyone else and they doubt themselves. So spend the last little bit here talking to that person who's like, well, I'm sure it worked for Dorothy and I'm sure it's going to work for a lot of listeners, but these type of things never work out for me. Talk to that person for me.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think what this really comes back to is something that I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, you know, when I was going through this very challenging season at the beginning of the year, I mentioned how I was working equally hard on my mindset as I was on the business. Mm -hmm. And this is really the answer to that question. Because when you're filled with doubt, the only way that you are going to be able to move forward and to make this work for you is if you are constantly filling your mind with, like you say, the positive propaganda having inspiring conversations, you know, with other people or like listening to podcasts, reading books, like, you know, because at the end of the day, anyone can do this, Mm -hmm. whether or not you're going to be successful at this is truly a factor of whether or not you believe you can be successful Mm. and you put in the reps, right? So it's, you know, you want to focus on the inputs, not the outputs. Don't focus on, you know, Hey, I got to get three clients focus on, Hey, I got to respond to 10 Upwork proposals today and then do it the next day and then do it the next day. Focus on the inputs because that's what you can control. And then do all of the things that if you're listening to this podcast, you already know you need to be doing anyway. Having a gratitude practice, being deliberate about how you are cultivating your mindset as you do this, because that is the only way that you're going to cultivate the belief that even if nothing like this has ever worked for you before, this time can be different.
1: Oh, I freaking love it. Do you have a short one last success story outside of of some of your own, of someone who started from scratch and made some extra money? I mean, you are the the gatekeeper of the gig, the number one central newsletter for all of the uh, freelance workers. Do you have a, a success story
0: coming out there? Well, I'll steal Jim's story from him. How about that? So Jim was, he's had the most eclectic career path of I think anyone I know. He was a personal trainer and then he didn't want to do that anymore. So he went to massage school and he became a massage therapist. And he was making, I want to say it was something like $35, forty dollars $40,000 a year as a massage therapist. I might be wrong on that number, but it was something like that. And, you know, he could already feel after a couple of years, his hands were, you know, like he was really feeling the effects of that work on his body. And he recognized that he had this ceiling of where he could go in terms of income. And his goals were so much bigger than what being a massage therapist was going to be able to do for him. So he stumbled, I'm not sure how exactly he landed on copywriting, but he decided to try his hand at copywriting. And he studied it, he practiced it. He wrote a page every single day and committed to that practice and then started freelancing in exactly the way that we're talking about here. He wasn't a writer. He wasn't, you know, I think what's cool about a lot of these skills is that it's almost to the detriment to be, you know, someone who like studied, you know, went to college for English or whatever. Because yeah. when it comes to a lot of these things, like in copywriting, you know, the best copywriting is when you write like you talk, you know, you write at that fifth grade level and really make your copy mm-hmm. very simple. So I think regardless of kind of where you are now, what type of career you're coming from. If you just focus on, you know, choosing what feels most aligned to you and then just putting one foot in front of the other, you know, Jim started doing small copy projects for, you know, for people. He, you know, he grew it and grew it and grew it. And eventually he met me, you know, we partnered up, he came into the agency and, you know, now he, you know, makes well into the six figures as, as a copywriter. So that's the other example I can share. That's amazing.
1: I didn't realize his background was that eclectic either. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, one, you've totally inspired me Two, my mission right now is to be the brightest light when everyone else is afraid and show them real ways that they can make money, real reasons that they don't have to be afraid of whatever's coming up. And I feel like your episode has has done that better than any other episode in, in recent history that we've released from a true strategic standpoint. And I just want to say thank you for that, because that's what people need right now. And thank you for that, because people need those, not just hype and not just a beacon of light, but the how-to, so that maybe they can pay their mortgage. Maybe if the husband or the wife loses their job, they don't have to be afraid, right? Or maybe if they just don't like what they're doing, for crying out loud, they can pivot and go do something else. You gave a really nice gift earlier. You want to repeat that gift one more time?
0: Sure. So you can get our step-by-step training on how to get clients on Upwork. Same process I use to generate over a million dollars in freelance business from the platform. That's at thegig.io slash VIP.
1: It's real training that they sell, you guys. Legit real training that they sell. She's given it to you for free. Thegig.io VIP. Thank you for doing that. That means the world. Any parting words?
0: This has just been such an honor. I mean, you know, I've been listening to your show for five years. You know, you've had an incredible impact on my business through, you know, the Elite Mastermind. And it really is just a gift to get to share this with your audience. So
1: thank you. You know what? Equal energy exchange. It feels the same both ways. Dorothy, I know how busy you are. Thanks for being on. And I totally appreciate it. Thank you.